The legal views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute or contain legal advice. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. Welcome, everybody, to episode 89 of the Break the Business Podcast. Oh, my God, have we really been doing that for this long? How has nobody stopped us yet? How has nobody said, guys, enough's enough? This is ridiculous. You don't need 88 sequels to break the business. But no, we hang in there because, God, we love it. I love talking to you each week, talking about the music industry with you guys, uh, learning from you, have you learning from me, us building a community. It's awesome. Uh, a quicker episode for you guys this week. Dave's not here, man. <laughs> the three people out there who know what Cheech and Chong is just giggled at that. Dave's not here because I actually have to do a quick episode because I'm leaving town this weekend to go to Washington, D.C. Why D.C.? Mm-hmm. Well, because I'm a lawyer, and lawyers have to go to Washington for one reason or another. Washington is sort of like the lawyer's natural habitat, and we have to go back there periodically to kind of, you know, regain nutrients. It's it's sort of like how Odo on Star Trek Deep Space Nine has to turn into liquid slime and go into a bucket every 16 hours. Yes, I, I just compared Washington, D.C. to a bucket of slimy liquid. I stand by that. That seems about right. No, in all seriousness, I'm going to D.C. this weekend because I'm going to an education conference there. Um, when I am not an entertainment lawyer fighting for the rights of independent artists, uh, helping independent artists move their careers forward, I occasionally dabble in education law, uh, helping fight for the rights of education nonprofits to help them move their education practice forward. It's not as sexy. There's no uh, cool music, but, you know, helping kids and, you know, helping uh, close the achievement gap is something that's very important to me. And I'm glad I get to do that in my education practice. But sometimes it means that weekends where I should be in the studio with Dave recording a podcast, I have to be in D.C. in the bucket of liquid slime to uh, help my education clients out. But I still wanted to make sure you guys had an episode and we got some great stuff to talk about this week. Before we get into it, let's do some housekeeping. You can reach out to the Break the Business podcast by uh, going to our website, www.breakthebusiness.com. You can find all of our episodes there at www.breakthebusiness.com. You can also find them at soundcloud.com slash breakthebusiness. Uh, we're also on uh, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts, you'll likely find us. You cannot swing a cat without hitting our podcast somewhere on the internet. We're there. You can find us. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R. We're at Facebook.com slash Break the Business. And while you're there, finding any of the places where you might find us in podcast land, whether it's on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, wherever it is, if you are encountering our podcast right now, if you are holding that smartphone in your hand, delicately cradling this podcasty goodness, I have a humble favor to ask. Can you pretty please, with a sugar and cherries and other sweet, delicious things on top, can you throw us a like? Can you throw us a nice rating? Can you subscribe to us? Can you give us a friendly five-star, a quintet of star review for our humble little podcast? It's such a small thing to do, and honest to God, it helps. It helps us reach out, you know, expand our audience, 
move, move us forward, reach out to people who may not know about us so we can help more and more musicians move their careers forward, just as I hope we have been able to do for you. And if you're not a musician, but you just like to laugh and, you know, goof around and stuff, we do a lot of that on this podcast too. And so we want to, we want as many people to listen to this as possible because, uh, we really, really enjoy it. So, uh, we talked about contacting us. We talked about rating, reviewing, subscribing to us. Um, oh, our guest this week coming up in the next segment. I love these two guys, Guy and Elon Ferdman. They are each one half of Satori Prime, entrepreneurs and business coaches. I'm going to try something different this week on this podcast. We always have, our guest is always a musician, usually an indie musician, or somebody who works on the support side of the entertainment industry. We'll have entertainment lawyers, we'll have marketing experts, we'll have somebody who works in the business. But what I want to do this week is talk to people who are just entrepreneurial experts. Uh, and that's what we got Guy and Elon Ferdman here for because we give you lots of advice on the music business side, but never forget that if you're an independent artist, you are first and foremost an entrepreneur. You are a solo practitioner. You are a self-running business, and you have to master all the skills that go into entrepreneurialism. And for a lot of you, I know it seems like a drag. I know you just want to make music and you don't want to have to run a business and to the people who are saying that right now, who, when I say you have to know how to run your business, you respond to me with a groan. Oh God, I just want to make music. I have two things to say to you. One, and this is the tough love half, tough love guys. This is the way it is now. If you want to achieve success as an indie artist, which is really the path forward these days, if, if you've read my break, the business book, if you've listened to any of the other 88 episodes of this podcast, you know that the future of the industry belongs to you, the independent musician, the ones who can sit atop the pyramid, take control of their careers, own their content, and achieve success on their own terms. But you can't do that if you don't embrace your inner entrepreneur. So you got to learn this businessy stuff. That's the tough love half. Now here comes the sweetheart half of this. Ready? It can be really fun. If you learn how to embrace this business stuff, this marketing stuff, treating yourself like a business that can, you know, not just being a businessman, but a business comma man, you can really, really enjoy this because here's why you as an independent artist, you're a creative soul. You have to be, to be making music. And what I submit to you and what many artists have come to discover is that being able to be an effective musician takes a lot of creativity. And there is so much creativity to be realized and to be used in the business world. When you, you know, look at somebody like, um, okay, we had a, we've had a guest on a few times, a big friend of the show. I adore her, Mary Amber. Go on her website right now, Mary Amber, M-E-R-I-A-M-B-E-R.com. That's M-E-R-I-A-M-B-E-R.com. Look at how she markets herself. Look at what her website looks like. Look at how she portrays herself in the world. Those are all business decisions. Those have not as much to do with her music, but their marketing choices, their business choices. But look at everything she's doing. She's having so much fun marketing herself. She loves comic books, and her love of comic books is infusing everything she does with her music career. She markets herself so well, and it's fun, and it's interesting, and it's creative. She uses the natural creativity she has as a musician to market herself effectively as a business. And if you can use that same creativity, you can not only achieve success as an entrepreneur, 
but you can have a lot of fun with it too, and you can embrace it for the joy that it can be in your music career. But to help us with all of that, to help us embrace our inner entrepreneur, in the next segment, we're going to talk to Guy and Elon Ferdman of Satori Prime. They're entrepreneurs, business coaches. They're going to help us uh, bust some entrepreneurship myths, uh, help you unleash your inner entrepreneur. These guys are super bright, really inspiring. They host a podcast called Have It All, and you can find that at their website, www.satori, that's S-A-T-O-R-I, prime.com. But we got a few things to talk about before we bring these two fine gentlemen in. First, let me update you on the bruising, depressing saga that is my audiobook, which is still in in what the movie business calls development hell. I thought this was going to be out June 2nd because I had this book done and sent to Amazon well before June 2nd. You know, the the audiobook people approved it, the engineer studio Everybody who helped make this audiobook, and thank you to all of you, by the way, they all signed off on it. And we get it to Amazon, we give them plenty of time to review it, and now they're coming back and saying we have to make changes because there's something wrong with the sound something. I don't I don't know because I'm not a techie engineering person, but all I know is I had to send it to my engineering friend who helped me put this together, and thankfully he's been super cool about it, and he's just going to make the tweaks without charging me, so I love that guy. Um, you know, big hugs for him, but... The point is, it's still going to be a little bit more time before we get this audiobook out. And I'm so, 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 so sorry. Please forgive me. But when it's out, I will let you know. I promise. And I'll get it out. And we're going to have a big hullabaloo about it. And you got to hear a clip from it last week. And I'm really, 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 really excited to be able to share this audiobook with you because I'm really happy with how it came out. Because although the rest of the world hasn't heard this damn thing yet, I have. And I think it came out well. And I really. I'm excited to be able to share it with you. So just hang on a little tighter, guys. Hang on. Hang in there. That audiobook is coming. I promise. All right. Um, here's what I want to talk about this week. And I'm super excited to talk about this. And I kind of think that all of you listeners already know what I'm going to talk about. Only because I got so many calls and emails and tweets and demands. Like, you you know, basically banging on the door of the studio wanting me to talk about Mandy Harvey this week. And of course I'm going to talk about Mandy Harvey because she's amazing. She had an amazing week this week. And uh, to give you some background, Mandy Harvey had an amazing week. We're going to talk about her amazing week because Mandy Harvey is a friend of this show. We've had her on the podcast before. We interviewed her back in December of 2016. And she's about to become a big, big star. And she was on this podcast and this community loves her. And so we're going to talk about how awesome she is because it's going to be inspiring to all of you as indie artists. So we, we in this podcast, we have a strong connection to Mandy Harvey because again, we interviewed her back in December of 2016. She was the most talked about guest on this show that we've ever had. You all love her. I get so many retweets and emails. Thank you so much for that interview. She's awesome. I'm so inspired. She's incredible. So for those of you who are a little late on the uptick because you uh, weren't around back in December 2016, you're kind of new to the community. If you are, welcome. Thank you. And good to have you on the Break the Business Podcast. Thank you for being here. But let me uh, lay out for you a little bit about Mandy Harvey to get you all caught up. So we interviewed her back in December. She's a Colorado-based jazz and pop singer-songwriter. And she is, I would say if I'm making my top five power rankings of the best singers 
I've ever heard, not just the best singers I've ever had on this show, but ever heard the best singing voices that have ever passed through these ears. She's in the top five. She's up there. She's that good. And, and I know she's that good because I play her music for people all the time. And I say to them, you know, people I work with in the music industry, uh, you know, label people, other entertainment lawyers, other musicians, uh, artist managers, uh, industry experts, the kind of folks I work with every day, I'll play her music for them. And I always ask, is this not one of the best voices you have ever heard? And they say, absolutely. She's better than great. You did, you know, you, if anything, you undersold it. And so I always play their music and I say, you know, do you think she's great? And they say, yes, she is amazing. And then I say to them, would you believe me if I told you that she was completely deaf? And their jaws drop. They can't believe it. They think I'm joking, like completely deaf. You know, they say, what do you mean? You mean like she's a little hard of hearing? I say, no, she literally cannot hear. She lost her hearing at the age of 18 and has since gone on to release several acclaimed jazz pop albums. I mean, <laughs> I mean it's, it's the stuff that movies are made of. I mean, it, in fact, it's the stuff that movies are made of. And if this wasn't actually based on a true story, you would think it was so ridiculous that you'd laugh whoever was pitching the script out of the room. Like if somebody comes and pitches you a script about, I want to make a movie about the amazing singer who can't hear, you would say that's ridiculous. Nobody's going to believe that. But this is a real story. She's out there and she's wonderful and she's so good. And we interviewed Mandy back on the podcast back in December, and we talked all about how she's able to perform and create amazing, amazing music despite her condition. And let's fast forward to now this past week, where Mandy, after so many years of, of you know, climbing and fighting and struggling and getting herself out there, she just got her big break. She just got it. She performed on the NBC show... America's Got Talent, and proceeded to just blow the doors off the place. Just blow the doors off the place. She was so, so good. And now everybody's talking about her online. I got so many tweets and text messages. Oh, my God, Mandy Harvey. People I've never known, people who, people I've never met before, you know, sending me these tweets. People I know on Facebook who are maybe only casual acquaintances of mine who don't listen to this podcast are just posting this article because now she's one of the biggest... In this moment, she's one of the biggest stars in this moment from what she was able to do. So anyway, I got a short clip here from when she was on America's Got Talent. This is one of these talent shows on NBC. And uh, she's talking to the judge, Simon Cowell. Everybody knows Simon Cowell about herself and about her condition. Uh, give this a listen. Okay, Mandy, so I think I've worked this out. So you're deaf? Yes, I, I lost all my hearing when I was 18 years old. Wow, and how old are you now? Uh, 29, so it's 10 years. Wow. And Mandy, how did you lose your hearing, if you don't mind me asking? I have a connective tissue disorder, so basically I got sick and my nerves deteriorated. So you were singing before you lost your hearing? Yeah, I've been singing since I was four. So I, I left music after I lost my hearing and then uh, figured out how to get back into singing with muscle memory, using visual tuners and trusting my pitch. 
So your shoes are off because you're feeling the vibration. Is that how you're following the music? Yeah, I'm feeling the tempo, the, the beat uh, through the floor. And Mandy, what are you going to sing? I'm going to uh, sing a song that I wrote called Try. Okay, can you tell me what it's about? All right, so then she talks about the song, and she goes on to play the song. And if you want to hear it, and you really should because she's that good, people, uh, there are a couple places you can check it out. I mean, first of all, you just look anywhere on it on the Internet, and you'll find her performing Try on America's Got Talent. You can also listen to the, ep the podcast episode we did uh, back in December. You just go to BreakTheBusiness.com, and you'll find uh, episode 67, and you can uh, listen to the song Try there. But really the way you should be listening to it is to check, her, check you, know, you know, get the song. Go download it at MandyHarveyMusic.com and, you know, get her some extra sales because this song is incredible and we want to put some cash in her pocket. But she was really, really good. But anyway, she, she plays the song and because she's so great, and I'm telling you, I'm not overselling her. She's great. And she gets a thunderous applause and the place goes nuts. And then Simon Cowell, uh, awards her what the show calls the golden buzzer, which basically just fast tracked her, giving her an automatic invitation to the live rounds on the show, you know, the quarterfinals or semifinals or whatever it is. And, you know, so now she doesn't have to go through the rest of the kind of up the ladder to get to that portion of the show. And you just see the tears come down her face and her, her dad comes out and hugs her and the confetti goes down and the music's and it's really good television. I mean, as much as I always make fun of these, TV talent shows, and we do all the time on the show. This was good television, man. Um, and Mandy Harvey had her moment, and it was so, so cool. And so get, give that song a listen to, that song Try. We have it on the podcast, episode 67, but you know, download it, mandyharveymusic.com. And honestly, I think she's going to win the whole thing. And whether she does or whether she doesn't, She's going to become a huge star. I mean, this is her star turn. She's going to become a household name. I'm telling you right now. I mean, granted, I predicted it, you know, back in episode 67 when I said she was going to become a big star. And, you know, my prediction's only becoming more true at this point. And I'm so happy for her because she's such a talent and she's such an inspiration. And she's going to inspire so many people by getting a higher profile. So while we're talking about Mandy and while she's kind of the big thing right now, I want to give you all more of an opportunity to get to know her better in her own words from our December 2016 interview of her. Since Mandy only had a couple minutes on America's Got Talent to talk about herself with Simon Cowell, I feel like the TV viewers didn't really get a complete picture of what it was like for her to lose her hearing and just how much of a burden it was for her to get from where she was to where she is now. And so on our show, we had an opportunity to talk with her in more of a long-form interview format where we get more information out of her. And she actually took us to the very moment that she realized her hearing was gone forever. It's a heart-wrenching story. She was taking a music theory dictation exam in college. And, well, let me just have Mandy explain the rest. I was sitting in music theory class for a dictation test. So you're listening to a pianist play and you're charting it out. And I sat there and I was watching everybody else's pencils moving and just waiting for the test to start. But everybody was just doing the test. I couldn't hear the test even 
at all. And I just sat there and one by one, everybody stood up and left. And I just was staring at my piece of paper and I had nothing written on it. And that was the day I was dropped from the music program. And I lost myself in that moment. Everything I had ever believed about myself, the only thing I had ever been good at was music. And the only thing I had a passion for was music. Being a music teacher was who I was. I had everything planned in my life and no other direction. And so once your identity is gone, I mean, you're just left with what? I I didn't know who I was anymore. And I didn't have any, any desire to really find out anything else I could do because I was just in mourning. As far as getting out of it, I, bits and pieces of me never really will, you know? It's like the death of a loved one. Every day, that death is still there, but you learn to appreciate the good times and you remember the happy moments and some days are harder than others, but you learn to not allow it to consume your every thought. But there will be pieces of me that are still stuck in college that will never come home. I will, I will never, I will never experience those moments again. So, so many artists, oh my goodness. Did you hear that little quiver in my voice at the end when I was uh, trying to ask the next question there? (laughs) I'm, I'm usually really good at keeping my emotions in check during interviews, but she got me there. I was, I was so floored that that whole interview was so powerful I mean, even just the logistics of interviewing her was was really interesting. It was a phone interview, but because of her condition, we had to kind of bring in some extra equipment so that we could still do the interview. And we were able to do it using a Skype connection so that she could read my lips. And we also had to use a closed captioning phone on her end so she could see my words and all told, the whole thing took uh, two computers and a cell phone on my end to do the interview and then a computer and a cell phone on her end. So, I mean, it, it got kind of technologically unwieldy, but we managed to make it work. And despite her condition, I mean, the interview was really smooth. I mean, there wasn't, you know, you would think that there would be some kind of situations where she wasn't understanding my question or she had some trouble answering, but she was perfect. And the whole thing was perfect. And, oh man, was it cool. And she did a heck of a job and it came out great. And Mandy also spoke with us during the interview about how she performs. And she talked a little bit about this on America's Got Talent, but she was able to go into it in more detail in our interview. The process of how she's able to make and perform music despite her condition is really amazing. It's basically, it's a combination of hard work on her part, using her other senses, using visual tuners, as well as just her own amazing perfect pitch that she's developed. Check this out. Mandy, pardon me if this question comes off as indelicate because it is certainly not meant that way. But when I hear your songs, and I know that these songs are being performed by a person who literally cannot hear her music, at least not in the conventional sense, it seems impossible to me. How practically, practically, are you able to create music? How do you keep time with music? How can you find the starting note of a song? Oh, it, you know, it's funny because people think I'm a magician. Really, it's it's a lot of math. So I have a visual tuner that helps me find middle C. 
every day and then I do my scales and center myself so that I understand where my pitch is. I have the natural ability to have near perfect pitch anyway. Um, I've had that before I lost my hearing. So I use that perfect pitch and that muscle memory and visual tuners to sing notes appropriately and then memorize my start and stopping notes for each song. Then when I'm playing those songs, I can feel the rhythm on my skin or in, in my, on my body. And so I just follow the tempo that way and trust myself. Uh, so it, it's a lot of interval memorization. So like, all right, this is a perfect fourth, this is a third, and then you just keep going throughout the whole song. It's just a lot of math. Wow. <laughs> all in all, Mandy's interview really inspired my listeners, just as her appearance on America's Got Talent inspired the nation. And when she spoke with me, I was able to sort of use her background as a motivational speaker, and she does great motivational speaker work as well, by having her give some great advice in general on just overcoming adversity. Give this a listen. We have an understanding about who we think we are, that we created limitations to what we think is possible. We look at ourselves and we compare ourselves to everybody around us, and we create this understanding of what we're capable of. And I, I feel like that's wrong, that we're so much more capable, that we have so much more to give than just one thing. I think that especially as a musician or a person who's dealing with some kind of barrier, that it's so easy to give up when something gets difficult and to say, well, this is impossible. Is it impossible or is it that we're just looking at it in a way that's not full to, to really analyze what your dreams are and say, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to accomplish. How important is it to you? And what are you willing to do to get there? Can you say that you're giving 110% if you just give up? You know, I, I get so frustrated. I see all these people who want to accomplish amazing things, broken, non-broken, happy, sad. It doesn't really matter. We all have a story. We all have something that we're going to overcome. And the hardest thing to overcome is ourselves. We're convincing ourselves that we're not good enough. We're convincing ourselves that we can't do it. We're convincing ourselves that it's impossible to do when we just need to tell our brains to shut up, say, all right, it's not possible to do it this way. Okay. There are going to be a million different ways to accomplish this goal. I've just found out one way not to do it. Let's try a different way. If it's important to you, you can do it. Getting to interview Mandy Harvey was the greatest honor in anything I've done in podcasting. It's the coolest podcasting thing I've done. It's the greatest honor I've had in anything I've done in the music industry in general. It's just one of, one of my great professional events that I've had gotten to do. It was She was such an inspiration to me, and I think I can speak for all of us in the podcasting community here around Break the Business when I say that we're all jumping for joy that one of our own is on the precipice of becoming a big, big star. Mandy has our support, and as she continues through into this competition, we're all pulling for her to win this thing. And that being said, Mandy is already a winner to us, and is a winner to the many, many people that she has inspired with her incredible work. All right, Guy and Elon Furman are up next. Keep listening to the Break the Business podcast.
Ryan here from the podcast. Shameless plug time, my new book, Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry is now available in paperback and an ebook. The book talks about how you can be your own boss in your music career and take control of your content creation, promotion, distribution, and fundraising. Get your copy on Amazon by searching Break the Business. It's a nice read for musicians and the people who love them. That's Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry. Thanks very much for your support. Welcome back to the Break the Business Podcast. They are entrepreneurs, motivational speakers, and coaches who founded the business coaching and incubator organization Satori Prime. They specialize in fostering entrepreneurs and helping people advance their internet marketing strategy. You can check out their podcast, Have It All, and the rest of their resources by visiting www.satoriprime.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Guy and Elon Ferdman are on the Break the Business Podcast. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, what a terrific cut, audience. What a terrific cut audience. It out. Cut <laughs> it out. <laughs> yeah, they, they're unusually enthusiastic today. I just, I mean, they must be fans of yours. They must, you know, I think I think I got some of your have it all audience here. For it's the sure. Friday crowd. It's the Friday crowd. <laughs> we got them. We got them after the first drink. Absolutely. That awesome. That's right. I'm so happy to have you guys on. Uh, nearly all the guests we've had on this podcast work in the music industry. You guys aren't in the industry, but you're entrepreneurs. But more than that, you're entrepreneurs who help other entrepreneurs achieve success, which makes you a perfect fit to be here because this <laughs> podcast is all about independent artists and independent artists are the ultimate entrepreneurs. So we're thankful that you guys are giving us your time so you can share your insight with us. First off, can you tell the listeners a bit about your background and how you got into the work you currently do? Yeah, so... So real quick, I just want to say we're not artists in the sense of musicians, but Guy and I have been DJing. I've been DJing for the last, I want to say almost like 10 or 11 years. So um, not instrumentally inclined, but but kind of, I guess, in the music business. Um, so Satori Prime. Uh, All right, Guy your bona fides check out. We'll let you in. It's cool. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think they think of it the same way. I remember a guitar to, a guitarist like reached out to me one time. He's like, "So what are you doing, pushing buttons?" I'm like, "Kind of." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so we we really like good music. Um, so Satori Prime, we actually got started in the personal development coaching space as far back as 2003. At the time, we were both in finance and. When we got our asses handed to us back in um, 2008, the world ended, but we kind of survived for another two years and then got our asses handed to us. Um, and at that point, we kind of looked and asked each other, you know, if money wasn't an issue, um, and I just want to be very clear that money was very much an issue. In fact, I sold this car and moved back with my parents. My house was in foreclosure, like I was living on unemployment checks. And we just thought, okay, if we're going to do something, what are we going to spend the rest of our lives doing? And the thing that we loved to do more than anything else in the world and that we would do for free was to impact people's lives and, and help them transform and live the best possible lives that they can. And so in this fertile ground of really poverty, uh, Guy had a wonderful idea that we should start a business. Um, and so we did. And we survived many ups and downs and uh, have done amazing things. We, we 
when we actually started, we didn't become coaches right away. We kind of went into the uh, online marketing, affiliate marketing world and got really, really good at that. And so that helped us build a business. And then um, in the last about year and a half, we've fully transitioned out of that and into just coaching, which is what we love to do and why we built Satori Prime in the first place. And now it's just finding people that are wanting to live their passion, wanting to have liberated self-expression, and as we say in our world, want to have it all, uh, attend in every area of their life, and that's that's what we offer people. You're definitely speaking to my listeners with that, because what are independent musicians but people who've basically decided that they're going to do what they would do even if they had to do it for free, as many independent artists have to, but they're, mm-hmm. you're, in, you know, the folks that are here are in this because they're passionate about it. And so you're, you're yep. just the people to talk to and being an indie artist requires a very strong entrepreneurial spirit. You can't wait for others to create opportunities for you. You got to find those opportunities for yourself and something, I mean, I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not the same kind of career entrepreneur that you folks are, but I have been around enough of these musicians to know that entrepreneurial ability is sort of a special skill set. And there are plenty of very talented musicians out there that I have encountered that have trouble achieving success, not because they don't have the musical ability, but because the entrepreneurial ability is not there. And so my question would be, do you think that everyone has it within them to be a successful entrepreneur, or is it something that's naturally inside you and can't really be taught and brought out? I would definitely say not a not a natural phenomenon. Um, there's a really fantastic book by uh, Carol DeWick called Mindset, and she does this phenomenal job of creating this distinction between people who have a um, and it really just comes down to the way that you were raised. You were either praised for being talented, like you brought home a good test grade, and your parents told you how how you were a genius and amazing and can do no wrong. Uh, and then there's the other people who are growth minded oriented type people, which are people who brought home a good test grade and their parents told, um, to talk to them about the effort that it took to provide that grade. So when you look at people who grew up in different conversations, as they grow older, that tends to be kind of the, the two mindsets at play. And, you know, people who are, uh, thinking about becoming an entrepreneur are becoming an entrepreneur in some way, shape or form, or following their heart, going after it, which I think is the biggest gift you can ever give yourself. Um, that mindset tends to be what's at play. The growth oriented people will kind of work through challenges and, you know, look at how or what's in front of them is an opportunity to grow and continue to grow the business uh, and themselves. And then the fixed oriented, fixed mindset oriented people will look at challenges, get disappointed and might even quit. So I think it, and this is not to say, by the way, that we're locked into either mindset, plenty of science these days about uh, mindset, subconscious health, et cetera, all being uh, very plastic and, and really just a matter of changing belief systems and reprogramming yourself. Uh, I think anybody who's going for it, uh, essentially what you're saying is I'm uh, going to pursue this thing because I want to master it, whether that's business, relationships, health, music, doesn't really matter. Um, and if and if that's what's kind of sitting in the background is I'm here to master it, then it stops becoming um, a game to play in the short term. And it starts to become a, ga- a game to play in the long term. Now, I think if you're if you're if you have that long term vision of where you want to go, then the choices that you make in the present moment or in the short term are going to be guided by that long term vision. If you're like, okay, let me give this a shot. Uh, I'm going to try it. You know, as many people say, um, and then the first unexpected thing happens, which is inevitably going to happen to 
you yeah you know your 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 basis for is gonna be like all right well i must not be good at this so let me give up but i really don't think that uh anybody's born with any sort of natural ability i think certain people are more inclined to things but there's not like a a talent gene by any stretch well well i want to piggyback off that so dealing with failure is something that uh entrepreneurs and particularly entrepreneur musicians constantly have to encounter it's not an easy path and so when you encounter those first, you know, when you encounter that first bit of failure or every bit of failure that comes along the way, do you have any advice for musicians on how they can deal with that failure and stay motivated? Well, the, I'll tell you a lesson I learned in sales ages ago, and I, it just transformed the way I look at life. And that is no is my second favorite answer. Um, <laughs> yeah, it really, I remember sitting there and when I first heard it, I was like, what a moron. And then I was like, oh man, that's actually really, really smart. Cause look, a lot of the times, especially in music business, you need to hear hundreds, if not thousands of no's to finally get that. Yes. If you're going to take that no and make it personal, then you miss the point. A no is just that person at that time, whatever your music is, doesn't align with what their vision of whatever it is that they're building. It doesn't mean that your music isn't good. It doesn't mean that you're not good. It just means that they're a no to that as an opportunity. And you really want to hear no, because if someone's going to rope you along and, you know, maybe I'll you're just wasting your time. So no is your second... Second favorite answer, if you create that, then it just becomes that. The other thing is for Guy and I and any entrepreneur, when we have a a podcast as well, and we interview a ton of entrepreneurs and we always have them share the story and kind of how they went through stuff. I can, after interviewing hundreds of entrepreneurs, I can tell you that there is not a single one that doesn't have the craziest story of how, of that moment, and I call it a moment, of when they made a very, very specific choice. And that choice was, am I all in? Am I fully 100% committed to this no matter what? Like, to my dying breath, I will do this, or they walk away. Because right before you have that breakthrough, life is going to look really grim. I mean, really grim, like just to give you the, the 10, 15 second version of mine, I had a man, I hadn't been able to pay my mortgage. I was living on unemployment checks. I had a four month old baby guy and I were trying to build this business and I spent probably about six months busting my ass. We didn't make a penny and a man rings my doorbell and tells me that my house is being foreclosed on which meant that at any given moment, they could just walk in and be like, all right, get the hell out of the house. And I would be on the street with my wife and my kid. And I remember distinctly standing at that door with every option to you know, get some shitty job that I knew I would have hated, et cetera. And I sat there and with all this pain and all this like hurt and loser, I'm a loser conversations and I'm an idiot conversations raveling in my head, I chose this. And I said that no matter what, this is my path and I will make it work no matter what. And we had plenty of other opportunities where money got stolen from us and we got taken, all of it, right? 
and it didn't matter. It was all part of the journey. Like all of that was growing pains and all of that was helping us be the better coaches, trainers, leaders, entrepreneurs that we are today. Wow. <laughs> that is something else. That's quite a story. Um, so it, it almost sounds like to be successful as an entrepreneur, like, do you have to, do you have to be willing to burn the bridge? Like, you know, do you have to, is it, can you, yes. you have to be able to make the commitment that this is what I'm doing and I can't turn back because if you're willing to accept other paths out, then you're never going to have the commitment needed to succeed as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Wow. You got to burn the boats. What, who is that? The, the, the captain, bro. Do you remember? Mm. I don't remember his name, That's but I mean, burn know, the some, boats, yes. some explorer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some, some Spanish, um, guy landed and just like burned all the boats and then to his, his, uh, people just had to survive and, and go, you know, make do. I, I think if there's an option B, you're basically sending mixed signals through your subconscious to conscious mind. And if that is not fully aligned and there is the option B, I call the trap door, then you operate like there's a way out. Here's the thing, as a human being, when we are put in situations where our backs are against the wall or we're in our corner, guess what we do? We thrive. It, it, it is predetermined, it's a survival mechanism. And so I don't, you guys probably follow a ton of musicians that you look up to as role models. I guarantee you that every single one that you look up to, when you maybe thought like they're an overnight success, bullshit. If they told you their life story of what it took them to get to where they are today, you wouldn't, for most of you, you'd be like, I'm not willing to go through that. And, and you just have to know that as an entrepreneur, there's not a single person that I've ever interviewed that doesn't have one of those stories. I would say every art artist, every indie artist I've ever, ever interviewed who's achieved any kind of success has had the back against the wall moment. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So now since I, since I have two, you know, you know, great entrepreneurial minds here. I'm sure there are plenty of pervasive myths when it comes to entrepreneurialism and, you know, building a business on your own terms. Uh, can you sort of bust, uh, you know, identify and bust uh, at least one myth, particularly when it comes to uh, musicians and entrepreneurialism? <laughs> uh, interesting about the musician part. Yeah. I mean, look, I think any, any myth is that, you know, overnight success is a thing. Uh, most overnight success people, it's like, yeah, overnight plus 10 years. And then this moment happened overnight and that's when success came. Uh, I think if you want to travel a mile, uh, most people are just looking how to bend the rules, um, not, not get the true lessons. I, you know, perfect example is like people who in the lottery, those people haven't built the capacity to even hold a container to have that kind of wealth. And if you look at the statistics, I think it's like 95% of them uh, end up poorer than they were when they had the money, they've lost relationships and stuff like that. And I think that points to what happens when you get early success, even in our industry with all the entrepreneurs we've worked with, um, we know that if someone makes a sale like really early on uh, in their experience, we call that the kiss of death. Because that person, that person's now left with the illusion that they know what to do. They'll take that money, they'll dump it back into the business, and because they have no capacity of what to do with that money, they lose all of it, and then are are more in the red than they were when they started. So I think um, years ago, I coached this girl Cheryl, and Cheryl's actually a really successful uh, musician, 
Um, I won't use her last name just for privacy reasons. Um, <clears throat> but you know what? What I remember thinking when I saw Cheryl about what she was doing, she did a lot of uh, her own music. I, I saw her do a, f a few album releases pretty successfully. Uh, but her main gig was actually doing commercial jingles, kind of like these catchy commercial jingles. And I thought to myself, oh, that's interesting, because I always think about musicians and kind of this like linear path. Like you want to get on the radio, you want to sell your album, you want to do like the live show stuff. And I think just like with any industry, there there is an expansive way to contribute and share your creativity and share your message and I think what's really beautiful about this time in history right now, if you look at the statistics, um, more millennials, which is about, you know, that let's say like the early 20s to kind of or even teenagers to like 35 years old right now are following people on YouTube more more readily than they follow Hollywood celebrities. So we've kind of got to this point where it's not like you have to be this mega superstar that's worldwide known to make a difference impact people with your message or anything like that if you're true to yourself if you're authentic in your delivery uh if you have integrity with what you do the right people will be magnetized to you anyway that's like phenomenology 101 right you put out you put out who you are authentically you will find the right people attracted to you and i think that's really beautiful that we're kind of in this place and time where whether it's books or music we can self-publish uh, put our work out there and just see what kind of people we're attracting. It'll let you know a lot about who you are as a performer, what you're communicating, and just really the general energy that you're outputting because that's what you're attracting back to yourself. So I think for a lot of musicians, it's like they look at the top of the mountain and they want to create that kind of uh, movement where it's like, no, you can absolutely have a business you love, impact people, get your message out there, you know, and, and impact whoever you end up in, impacting. And if that's the focus... I think you're going to enjoy the ride. Well, to have that kind of impact, it's critical to be able to market yourself effectively online, have a strong online presence, a strong website, email list, social media presence. So in that regard, what are some of the pitfalls that you see young entrepreneurs commonly encountering with respect to their internet marketing and how can they avoid those pitfalls? Great question. I actually, when you asked the myth question, here's what I wrote down. Great musicians make it. Mm. And I think today, sadly, sadly, I think today great marketing creates musicians. Um, you know, the, the stuff that we have to listen to on the radio is just abysmal. And I'm like, <laughs> how are these people the people that we have to listen to today? And it's just all pure marketing. It's just branding and marketing. And so... I think across many, many industries, especially in the arts, whereas before your art could carry you, I think today, if you're going to try to make it, you have to be good at a lot of different, a, a lot of different aspects, marketing being one of them. You, if you know marketing well, like the reason Guy and I didn't become coaches right away and studied marketing at first was because we didn't want to walk around and cold call people and ask people, hey, do you need a coach? You know, anybody that needs, like, I'm not doing that, right? It doesn't, it doesn't feel good to me. I don't need that kind of experience in my life. When you're marketing, all you're learning to do is to build your own stage. And one of the biggest myths and misconceptions is that in order to be a seven-figure earner, you need to be selling millions of products. You don't. If you have a 1,000 fans who are 
obsessed with what you do, you will most likely be a millionaire. So for a musician to find a thousand people that are obsessed with what they do, I'm not talking like they, they listen to a song and they're like, yay, thumbs up. I'm saying like they will go anywhere to see one of your shows, like those kind of fans. Mm-hmm. In order to do that, I would spend time learning marketing. In fact, like you're probably a really good musician if you're listening to this, right? You know how to play, you know how to sing, you know how to do your thing. I would invest a lot of time in marketing. I would figure out how to use social media to my benefit. I would start following people in the industry that are doing things well. I would get into masterminds around how to use social media to blow up a brand. You are the brand. It is brand you, right? And so I know one woman who, um, she's a friend of a friend, got a deal, and she started on Facebook. She would post a video every Monday, and she would create an original song every Monday that she would play. And uh, Neo, that artist Neo, actually caught on. Like, you know, you do something consistently over time, you get more and more and more fans, and more and more people are going to share that, et cetera. He ended up signing her for a deal. Um, she wasn't like hustling in clubs or doing anything like that. It's just something that she loved. So she put herself out there and stuff like that happens all the time. I mean, Justin Bieber was found on YouTube, right? Um, I just think if you're not doing that and you're like, oh, I don't need that. I'll just play gigs and clubs and stuff like that. I think you're missing a massive opportunity. Oh, yeah. it's, it's, uh, all the more critical now. And you brought up a great point about having a thousand devoted fans. The music industry has really changed um, it's, it's whole dynamic. And we've talked about this on the podcast before guys that, you know, in the, the old industry model, the, you know, record label model was all about trying to get millions of people to spend, you know, $10 on you or spend 99 cents on you by buying your record. And now in, you know, where there is no such thing as recorded, you know, music anymore, it's all streaming. Uh, the, the whole model's flipped. It's all about now finding that devoted, cultish tribe of fans finding a thousand people who are willing to spend a hundred dollars on you in 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 uh streaming payments crowdfunding campaigns live performances merchandise and if you can get that tribe you now have a job that can support you and if you can get that thousand if you can get a thousand people to give you a thousand dollars like uh like guy and elon said now you have a real fully functioning very lucrative music career but it's all about Mm -hmm. It's all about getting a small number of people to really love you instead of just getting, you know, millions of people to kind of be, you know, okay with you. Yeah. You know, because in the, in the new industry model, having a million people who just think you're okay, all they're doing is checking you out on YouTube or streaming you once on Spotify for, you know, six tenths of a cent per stream. You're not going to make any money that way. It's all about getting that strong tribe of fans who are really willing to spend a lot of money on you. And, internet marketing is the key to that absolutely totally and i I think also look as as a fan as someone who's a dj like something i love is finding like an indie artist or somebody that's small and unknown and i feel like i found this needle in a haystack and i get really really excited about that artist or about a specific track or a dj right and then you're gonna go you're gonna look them up on social media um and the beautiful part is there are so many supporting systems today uh, both in the software realm, but also with uh, whether you want to get produced or whether you want to just sell uh, even merchandise, like you were saying, it's not like you have to go and even buy inventory today, 
there are plenty of websites you can go and just, you know, strap your logo on a whole bunch of stuff and do like a little Kickstarter on your website and just sell products. And you are today kind of like a self-sustained business within yourself. Of course, it helps to have like distribution channels without a doubt. But I'm sure just like with this podcast or, or like in our industry where there's podcasts and mindset development and entrepreneurialism, it's really just kind of getting out there and connecting, you know, with with people like us and and these kind of podcasts and just letting people know that you're out there, having them check you out. And then again, just really having that authentic voice, uh, letting people decide for themselves whether they like you or not. And a lot of times it's saying something that does polarize people and where some people are going to absolutely love you and other people are going to despise what you're saying for whatever reason, you know, people are going to have opinions as long, as long as they're breathing. Um, I, I think, you know, having, having any kind of business where you get to express yourself. Uh, one of the things that Elon and I have gotten super clear about over the years is that if you are a person that's not experiencing power, freedom and full self-expression, you are pretty much a human being with one foot in, in the grave waiting for your turn to go. Mm-hmm. And I, th- and I think that that's, a really beautiful part about being artistic. I know before I really had any artistic outlets, I would look at people who are uh, songwriters or musicians or singers and say like, wow, like they have this incredible passion that they're following and it actually made me jealous. And and I think that's the beautiful part about sharing uh, what you're passionate about, especially with a lot of enthusiasm, is that it actually invites other people who are kind of standing on the sidelines uh, to come and play and invite them to really go for it. Also, uh, I feel like music is definitely one of those things that does that. Sure. It is. I'm so grateful to you guys for lending us this fantastic insight. And I want to give the listeners an opportunity to be able to find out more about you and to get more where this came from. How can people find you guys on social media and, uh, find out more about your podcast and your other resources? So the best place to, I'll give you a couple. So the best place is just go to our website, which is satoriprime.com, S-A-T-O-R-I prime.com. We also have, like Ryan said, our own podcast, which is Have It All. So you can search for that on iTunes or Stitcher, or even if you go on uh, YouTube, you can find uh, some episodes on our channel. And if you enjoyed this conversation, then we definitely go into much more depth about these kind of tools and distinctions and things like that. And then lastly, I'll I'll give you guys our uh, personal emails. If you want to follow up on anything that we've said here or any of our content that you go through, mine is Elon, I-L-A-N, at satoriprime.com, and guys is G-U-Y, at satoriprime.com. Wonderful. And now before we let you go, gentlemen, do you have any last tips to share with the indie artist listeners out there to help them move their careers forward? I'm going to, I'm going to get one from each of you here. I'm going to make this a twofer. (laughs) Bro, go first. Oh man. Uh, I would just say kind of what I, I I invited you to before to have that long-term vision. If, if in your heart, uh, what's in there is to just, um, be a singer songwriter. You're, you're probably going to hit a lot of dead ends. And I think you're going to get that in any creative field. Um, I think it's always worth the investment of looking at, I want to master a specific craft. And when you take on the context of mastery, everything, every experience, every relationship, every quote unquote failure becomes an opportunity not to, not to just grow as an artist, but to grow as a person. And I think if you have that context in mind that this is just making me into the best person I can be and everything is serving uh, to my greatest and for the best outcome, 
uh, you're going to enjoy the ride a lot, a lot more. Yep. Agreed. I would just add, become a student and not just of music, but of life, human behavior, marketing, things like that. Um, share with you one or two books that have made massive impact in our lives. One, I would say, uh, is The Surrender Experiment. That's by Michael Singer. It'll just give you a whole other view of what is possible in your life. And then the other one, for those that haven't read, what you guys are on a journey of is a, a journey of mastery. And there's a book by Robert Greene called Mastery. Um, and it debunks so many myths, even things that you were asking us today about, Ryan, like, you know, are people born with a certain innate talent or gene or whatever? And it goes through musicians, it goes through athletes, it goes through business people. And it just debunks all these crazy myths that we have, like they were born with something. No, they just worked harder than anybody else at a task that they were obsessed with. And they lived, <laughs> they lived, breathed, ate all of it all the time. And I think for musicians, that's very, very natural. So those would be my tips. Fantastic. You can check them out at satoriprime.com and be sure to check out that podcast of theirs, Have It All. Guy, Elon, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, guys. Thank right. you, brother. And thank you all very much for listening. We'll see you next week on the Break the Business Podcast. Mm -hmm.